Hi, I'm Sam Hawley. This is ABC News Daily. You would have heard by now Australia's stepped up its border security because of an outbreak of foot and mouth disease in Indonesia. So what would happen if the disease arrived here? Today we speak to a farmer who lived through a devastating outbreak in England in the early 2000s and to an Australian vet who went to help and had the grim task of slaughtering thousands of farm animals. And a warning, some listeners might find this episode distressing. My name's Robert Craig. I'm a dairy farmer from Cumbria in the north of England. Robert, take me back to early 2001. I want you to paint a picture of what your life looked like then. Quite considerably different to now, actually. Mm. I was very much a hands-on dairy farmer. I suppose reasonably newly married with a young family, early 30s. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much at the coalface every day. I'm very much involved in the family dairy farming business, really. You know, milking cows um, seven days a week. Uh, really sort of, yeah, very busy. And in early uh, 2001, foot and mouth disease arrived. Can you remember when the first case was detected and where? Yeah, so it was pretty close to us, relatively speaking. It was just in the sort of neighbouring county to us in Northumberland. It's a sign that threatens disaster for already embattled farmers. Here, an eight-kilometre exclusion zone is enforced around the Essex abattoir where the outbreak was first discovered. It spread all over the country from one or two livestock markets that were big sheep livestock markets. The hunt for the source initially concentrated on just two farms, but hundreds of producers used the infected abattoir and the virus could be just about anywhere. I mean, it, it completely engulfed everything. I likened it a little bit to COVID because it, it was a whole new way of doing things. Everything, you know, ground to a halt. What were you witnessing at the time around you? What were you seeing? In our particular area, it was it was probably the most severely affected area and it was just creeping in uh, from all directions. The local BBC radio station was there would be several updates every day, giving us an, an idea of you know where where the outbreaks were, the new confirmed cases, and where they were. After the boundaries of the foot and mouth restriction zone changed to include the course. You sort of plotted. Actually, we did plot on a on a map as it was creeping in towards us, and then of course they decided to take all the sheep away. Well, this was during the lambing season, so so I've, I've you know this this hideous image of of them. <sighs> And like it still, it still makes my hair stand on end now. Just seeing them rounding up newborn lambs, and you know, you knew where they were going. It's just hideous, absolutely hideous. Mm. You still seem to be quite affected when you think back to it. It's it's quite vivid in my my mind still. When you can you can still see it, and it's you, you don't realise at the time actually that things do affect you longer term. It's weird, isn't it? I think just just recalling. <clears throat> what we were observing at the time and you know I, I remember being out in the fields I think I was spreading fertilizer and and, and they were rounding up all these sheep and lambs and uh, you know and there was this truck in the gateway and they were loading all these and it's just there was a, a fair bit of panic at the time I think taking away the sheep seemed to be the solution that they sort of came up with but whether it actually 
you know, whether it did, I, I don't know whether they even tested these sheep that were taken away. It was just like, you know, panic, removing as much livestock as possible to try and slow down the, you know, to, to get in front of it, really, because it, it had gotten so badly out of control, mm. um, you know. And and the result of this was uh, afterwards, you know, once it had all died down and, and things were back under control, the, the, the whole of our area pretty much was uh, just just dead, like no livestock at all. Quite a different, um, quite quite a different county afterward. Hi, I'm Bill Sykes, veterinarian for over 50 years and now farming. And I'm going to talk to you about my experience with foot and mouth disease in England in 2001. A life-changing experience. Mm, I bet. Bill, we've been speaking to a UK farmer, Robert Craig. He was a dairy farmer back in 2001. When we were speaking to him, he actually broke down just remembering the horridness of that time. What were you doing then? Well, in 2001, I initially was reluctant to go to the UK when the outbreak first occurred because of the situation you've just talked about, the enormous uh, human impact. Mm. However, I did work up the courage and I went in May 2001. And yes, depending on how this interview goes, you might get me to break down too because it's a very raw experience. Mm. So you went over there, why? I went over there as a veterinarian because I had a background in uh, herd area and national disease control, and I'd also had a background in slaughtering stock. So I have a background in that, and I wanted to get over there and help the people get on top of the problem. Mm, And you had a, a fair idea, by the sound of it, of the magnitude of the problem that you were going to face. None of the experience that I had could prepare me for the experience that I had in the UK. It was hard on your mind or your head. It was hard on your heart. And for the locals, it was hard on their hip pocket. The policy is any animal within two miles of a confirmed case will be killed. Many farmers say that is something they will... We have to use burning, particularly for older cattle, as a means of disposal. Mm, Okay, I want you to sort of take me back to that time. You're, you're in the UK. You, you're telling me it was a very difficult time. What are you having to do? What are you seeing? What are you witnessing? Okay, well, let's start with my first day. So I get over there. I sign up. I get sent up to Yorkshire, beautiful James Herriot country. And another vet and I went to a small property to inspect sheep belonging to a 70-plus-year-old single person who you just looked in his eyes and you could see that he'd been hurting for months because he was just waiting day after day, night after night, to find out whether it was his turn to have his flock slaughtered out. So that was the start and it didn't get any better. (laughs) Mm. So how many animals did you have to slaughter? Oh, thousands on a dozen or more properties. (sighs) Oh, I guess the ones that get you are, it's, it's tough enough watching cattle being and sheep being slaughtered 10 metres from the farmer's back door. But when you slaughter uh, bobby calves, when the slaughtermen were slaughtering bobby calves, and I should say they were compassionate and humane, but the, the uh, strategy was that 
Stoller would put his finger in the calf's mouth so that it would happily suck. And while it was sucking, he'd shoot the animal with a captive bolt pistol and it would drop and then he'd go to the next one. So he'd win over their confidence and then send them on their way. And if that doesn't get you, then the way little lambs were done, if they were small enough that you could pick them up, then you picked them up, you held them in your arms, uh, you or another person gave them a lethal injection, they went limp in your arms, you put them down and you picked up the next one. And I happen to love little lambs, so I found that real, real tough. I won't go too much further, otherwise you'll find my voice breaking up. Mm, so it's, it's, it's something that, or an experience that has never really left you by the sound of it. These things come back and uh, they haunt, they do haunt. And I'm, I consider myself a normal, sane, strong person, right? So if they haunt me, you can imagine what it's done to a few other people. It, yeah, it's just, it's a life-changing experience. And I reiterate, I was only there for a short time. They weren't my cattle, they weren't my sheep that we were slaughtering. The gravity of all of that uh, can't be underestimated. I want to turn to the situation here because I guess it's that gravity that we need to understand to understand why it's so important that foot and mouth disease does not enter this country. What's the biggest lesson do you think we can learn from that time? Well, there's, there's many lessons, but the UK in their control measures, the stamping out approach, they slaughtered over 6 million sheep, cattle and pigs, which was 10% of their livestock population. That will not happen in Australia. We will not have the social licence to do that. And we do have a different approach to the problem in that whilst we'll slaughter out infected properties immediately, rather than do what the UK did of immediately also slaughtering out all immediate neighbours, uh, we will adopt a surveillance approach. If these diseases come into Australia, because we rely so heavily on our export markets, something like 60 to 70% of our red meat goes overseas and a lot of our other agricultural products go overseas, those markets will be closed immediately and it will take a long time, not months, but certainly into 12 months or more before, in the best case scenario, we can re-establish markets. And that's going to have a massive economic impact. We need to keep our guard up. Bill Sykes is a cattle farmer, vet, and a former National Party MP in Victoria. Robert Craig is a dairy farmer from Cumbria in England's north. This episode was produced by Sydney Peed. Additional production by Flint Duxfield, Chris Dengate and Sam Dunn, who also did the mix. Our supervising producer is Stephen Smiley. I'm Sam Hawley. ABC News Daily will be back again tomorrow. You can find all of our episodes of the podcast on the ABC Listen app. To get in touch with the team, email us on abcnewsdaily at abc.net.au. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.